This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. Jesus, And today, uh, as we start this series, I was thinking about some of you, maybe you've heard someone say, God told me, and they said it just emphatically. God told me. And you're like, wow, how did he tell you? And you want to you know. It's like, I've never had God tell me something. Did you hear his voice? Was it loud? Was it soft? And so you have those questions. There are seasoned believers in here that have heard someone say, I've heard this recently from someone say, God told me, and my first response was, really? You sure about that? Because I can give you a verse that says God ain't telling you that. That, Because we live in a day where believers want to follow Jesus their way, not his way. Some of you have have said, I I don't feel like I've ever heard from God. I wouldn't even even know what to listen for. Others of you, you say you've heard from God, but then, Ted, now when I pray, my prayers, they they don't even hit the ceiling. You've heard the expression, they don't go any higher than the sea. They don't, they don't even get close. What, what, what do we do? How do we proceed, believers in Christ Jesus, to recognize God's voice? And today I'm going to have you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. And when you read the New Testament, I love reading the epistles, or I love reading letters, whether it be to a church or to an individual. There's there's usually always this uh, warm greeting, like, and, and it always has the feel or the tone of, I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I miss you. I'm thankful for you. I'm hearing great things about you. Uh, I can't wait to be with you again face to face. You always get this typically at the beginning and at the end of a letter because these are letters. That is not at all what you get from the writer in Hebrews. In Hebrews, you hit the ground running with verse 1. There is no introduction. There is no, there's no warm greeting like you see in a lot of the other epistles because it needs to be made clear to the Jew who believes in Jesus, hey, don't go back. Don't walk away from Jesus and revert to what you know. And, and I want you also to think about this text with a Jew listening to it who does not believe in Jesus because I think these two verses in the first chapter of Hebrews are so clear because to someone who believes in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and believes that God is the creator of the whole universe, but they put their arms up when it comes to Jesus. Think about that person for just a moment as we jump into Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors, writing to the Hebrews, through the prophets at many times. So think about the Old Testament, all different times from Moses through major and minor prophets, and in various ways. God spoke through a bush, through a pillar of cloud, through a pillar of fire, spoke through angels, spoke through a donkey, spoke through the prophets, like all different kinds of ways that God spoke to his people and got his message across to people. Now to a Jew not believing in Jesus, they read this first verse going like this, yes, our ancestors would, would understand in many times various ways God spoke. But in these last days, for us today, God has spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ, whom he appointed heir of all things. Very important. It's all about Jesus, and this is the key. It's always been about Jesus. And watch how it ends. And through whom also he 
made the universe. When Jesus speaks, look at what Jesus says. He, now you bring the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I only speak what my Father tells me to speak. Not one word I speak, I speak on my own. I give to you because the Father gave it to me. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. Now, I'm not going to ask the charismatics to raise their hands in the room, okay? But I'm about to talk about the Holy Spirit. And you're like, sit down, Ted, let me teach you. And I get that. I did not grow up in a charismatic or Pentecostal church. I didn't grow up in Assemblies of God. I have so many dear friends in the Assemblies churches. I've learned so much from them. I've spent time with them. And it is all about Jesus for them. And here's what I want to encourage you. If you're brand new to studying the Holy Spirit, or you've been a believer for a while and you, you don't understand the role and you hear people say, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you, and that confuses you. Here's what I want to encourage you with. Before you study the gifts of the Spirit, study what Jesus says about the Spirit. He's going to be very clear of the role, the distinct role of the Holy Spirit today in your life and in mine as he speaks to the disciples. Uh, we, we obviously can't cover all of it, but we're going to give five roles that the, the Holy Spirit, part of his, his activity in, in your life and in mine. And we read, and I'm going to go through these quickly. In John 14, Jesus says, and again, keep in mind, he's talking to the disciples, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, primarily fulfilled in the apostles' writing of the New Testament, and will remind you of what? Just, just new stuff, stuff that I haven't said? No, he's saying, remind you of everything I have said to you. So he, he teaches, he reminds in chapter 15, we read when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So he reminds and he testifies, and we read this then in John 16. I have much more to say to you, Jesus says, more than you can now bear, more than you can handle. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And now watch this. He will, next one, glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This text is teaching what J.I. Packer calls uh, the spotlight ministry of Jesus. Does anybody here have their home lit up with, with floodlights in their front yard? Anybody got floodlights? I don't, why, we don't do that in the Ozarks. But I have one neighbor who has floodlights. You could land a 747 in his backyard. It, you drive around the corner, get into our house, and you're like, wow, that, man, you see it. And he's a great neighbor. Love the guy. But you don't ever really pay attention to the floodlight. But his house, you see every detail on it. J.I. Packer puts it this way. The Holy Spirit's distinctive new covenant role then is to fulfill what we may call a floodlight ministry in relation to the Lord Jesus Christ. When floodlighting is well done, and my neighbor, he knows how to do it. I try to stay hidden in the woods. The floodlights are so placed that you do not see them. If you've ever been to Big Cedar, they do a great job with floodlighting. This perfectly illustrates the Spirit's new covenant role. He is, so to speak, the hidden floodlight shining on Jesus, our Savior. 
It is as if the Spirit stands behind us, throwing light over our shoulder on Jesus who stands facing us. And then he concludes with this. The Spirit's message is never, look at me, listen to me, come to me, get to know me. But it is always, as we just read from the words of Jesus, look at him, see his glory, listen to him and hear his word. Go to him and have life. Get to know him and taste his gift of joy and peace. That is the role of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As we talk today about how do we hear, how do we recognize God's voice? But before we do, let's just look quickly at three reasons why we need to hear from God, or three reasons why I want to hear from God. And the first one is this, assurance. When I know God is speaking to me clearly, I'm convicted as I read the scripture in a passage and I apply it to my life and the word of the Lord is speaking to me. The Holy Spirit is bringing it to my, I'm just, I know I have assurance at that moment. And Jesus put it this way, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And some of you want a relationship with Jesus, but you couldn't care less about his voice. You, you want to walk with God, but you kind of want to do it your way. We deal with this all the time, like all week. I've, just, I've been talking to people who say, God told me this, and I want to say, no, he didn't. That is not a direction he would send for your life. I'm just going to, we may edit this out, but I'm going to say it anyway. God's never going to send you someone else's spouse. He's never going to do it. I, 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 and I, look at, don't golf clap. Nope. Pause on the golf clap. But you should hear, you've, I'm not alone in this. You've heard some people tell you some pretty kooky things. Like the Lord led me in this. No, he did not. Oh, no, he did not. I can, I can guarantee you, he did not. I, I, I shared this one time years ago, and a guy came up to me. I mean, fist clenched. He was ready to take me out. You know, and I'm going, all right, here we go, let's go. He goes, I didn't come to church today to feel like crap leaving. I go, I, I, don't, I don't come to church for that reason. I come to church so I can experience the peace and joy that Jesus brings. And what that means for you and for me, not just you, for you and for me, sin in my life needs to be rooted out. It needs to be dealt with. And that's why if I'm living in sin and tell you God told me to do this, this is believers in crisis when we go, really, did he really? No, I don't believe he did. Why? I've got a verse. My sheep listen to my voice. They want to hear my voice. My, you know, uh, my daughter got married May 31st, and, um, which meant all of May we were finishing up the backyard and, um, and weed eating, lots of weed eating uh, for a backyard wedding. But it, it meant that I couldn't go fishing for the whole month of May. My daughter wanted it to be all about her. The wedding was all about her. Anyway, uh, and so I, I didn't go fishing. And in, in my garage where I park, I have two wading boots and my waders. They hang right there. And so I hadn't used them for a month. And I came out one day, and a little wren flew out of my left wading boot. I went, that's interesting. So I didn't pay much attention. But then I kept noticing it, and I went, uh-oh. And I went over, and I grabbed the boot. She had built a nest in my left wading boot, six eggs. Oh, don't even start with me. <laughs> bunch of anyway <laughs> I can't tell the rest of the story because now I'm going to be this heartless <laughs> no so that so but the the boots full and I'm like oh no because the wedding's over and now I can fish 
And Amy said, wait, what are you doing? I go, I'm going to have to transplant this nest from the boot to a tree. And how many of you had a grandma that told you you can't touch a nest or eggs? Anybody have a grandma? Oh, I need to explain to you. She lied to you. <laughs> so you wouldn't touch the eggs or the nest because we're like, you can't go near. But I pulled it down and Amy said, not only do you need to let those eggs hatch, but they've got to they've be born, grow, and be released before you can use that boot. And so I'm online Googling gestation period of wren egg. <laughs> then they're born. And, they're, they're, and Amy's like, Ted, it's a beautiful picture the Lord has sent us of these babies leaving the nest as our daughter has just left the nest. I'm like, oh, don't bring the Lord into this. This is just, this is just a wren's nest. And then we get home one day mid to late June and the birds have all grown to where they hop out and they're all six on our garage floor. And I'm like, Amy, go in and take care of the dogs, okay? Can you go ahead and just get them dogs taken care of? We're going to get these birds out. And oh, this is, this is how it's meant to be. All that to say, during the time, once the babies were hatched, I didn't hear much out of mom until her babies were born. And then she hated my guts. I would sneak out and hear her, <laughs> this is, I don't do a Ren impression, but you're getting the idea. She's talking to him and just, it was, it was fun to hear and then she'd come you know, in and out of the garage and it was fun, but whenever I tried to talk to her or her babies or look at her babies, it was, <laughs> she was an angry little bird. And I, and I just brought Amy, I go, and this, this is just fun to watch because those babies, they recognize their mother. They don't want to hear from me. But the, just it, the preciousness and the sensitivity of it, one of the reasons I want to hear from God is for that assurance that he is there. He is near. He is walking with me. I also want guidance. Some of you have a big decision to make right now. Do we move to Branson? Well, I know we're on vacation. We love this place. I, I, every week I meet someone, I think we're moving to Branson, and I have to remind them, that just so you know, Monday through Friday, we're not on go-karts every day, eating funnel cakes for breakfast. <laughs> you're a tourist right now, enjoying our town, but you're asking the question, do we move? Is God leading us here? You got a new job offer? Do I take this? Is God telling me to take this job? Uh, you're dating someone. Is this God's person for me? And wouldn't you like to be led as the children of Israel were led? As they crossed over the Red Sea, by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. This is one of the various ways we just read about in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. And at night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Wouldn't it be great over major decisions in our life if we had a pillar of cloud? a pillar of fire, right? We want that kind of guidance. It's why we want to hear from God. And the last one would be comfort. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I think a lot of people making decisions that tell you, hey, we moved to Branson. God led us here. And some of you are always intrigued. Like, what does that mean? How did he lead you? How did you hear from God? Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. New job, new home, somewhere you're going to in life. For you just to sit around and Google advice or go on Facebook community groups to ask them their thoughts, I wouldn't start there. Hit your knees in prayer. Present all of this to the Lord. 
and the peace of God. And I think that's a lot of times what people are sharing. We made the decision after months and it didn't, boy, many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord ultimately directs the steps. We, we made our plans and they were over here. Then they were over here. Then they were over here. But as we look back, God had guided us throughout the whole thing and they have the peace of God. It transcends all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So in the time we have remaining, let's talk about three ways to recognize God's voice, to know clearly that you're hearing from God. I want to hear from God. I want to hear from God daily. And there are times I wish when something's heavy on my heart or a big decision needs to be made, it would be great to go on the front porch and have a bush in our front bed on fire. Wouldn't that be great? God, speak to me through this bush. And some of you are looking for those moments. And yes, God works in mysterious ways. But sometimes we overcomplicate this. So three ways to recognize. The first one is this. Start with a verse first. Start with a verse first. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active. It's alive and active today. And because the word of God is living and active, he speaks directly to us through the Bible. Open the Bible. Read, study, search, memorize, meditate, so that when you're in that moment, the Holy Spirit can bring that verse back to your mind. Get in the Word. Start with the verse first. Number, or 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Number two, draw near to God and remove distractions. James teaches us in chapter four, verse eight, that this is how God works. When I move toward him, he's very clear. God moves toward me. It says, draw near or come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You wanna talk about distractions. I can't give you this whole story, but... I, this past weekend, I was in Portland, and uh, I'm always, this is like the second time I've been there on the same weekend they're doing the naked bicycle race. <laughs> we love, I love Portland, beautiful city. I have a heart for the people of Portland. I want people in Portland to come to know Jesus, but I mean, I started the comedy night with, hey, raise your hand if you think riding a bike is comfortable. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, look around. Nobody thinks riding a bike is comfortable. Who came up with the bright idea to do it naked? <laughs> come on, Portland. But it was, Amy, let's just, to say the least, Amy and I were a little distracted in that town. And we had to walk away. We weren't there. We were there the day of, but out of the, out of the city. But the next day, I mean, this, I mean, it, talk about, we were having a great moment as a couple walking, you know, and we ended up on the Portland State University campus, which roads close down, and we're walking. This guy who obviously is left over from the race <laughs> in good shape on his morning walk with nothing but tennis shoes. And I was just like, wow, okay. Amy, you have to admire the confidence. I've never seen such a comp, like, but we're, I mean, talk about, like, we were having great couple time. It was kind of a getaway for us, uh, tagged to an event. But talk about distractions. And you're like, how are you going to tie this in? I think it's our daily lives. We're so distracted We've got so many voices. Adam talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Renee alluded to it last week. We've got so many things hitting us. 
How do, how do you discern between all that you're reading online? And we're getting ready to head into another, another election cycle. You're going to bombard your life with voices. And if you're not careful, those voices are distractions that are going to keep you from hearing the voice of God. So draw near to God and remove distractions from your life. You know what happened when we saw the naked man? We went in a completely different direction. We're, he was on our path. We chose this path long before he did turn in that corner. But I ain't walking behind a naked man in downtown Portland for six blocks. Some of you are on a path. You just need to get off of it and go in another direction. Draw near to the Lord, and he'll draw near to you. James 1, 21 says, Get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. In verse 5, we read, If any of you lack wisdom... Ask God. If you're in that big decision mode right now, do I start this business? It seems like a rough... Do I build this house? This seems like a difficult time to build a house. Do we sell our house? Do we buy a new house? Do we move? Do I take... Whatever decision you're up against right now, if you lack wisdom, understanding, the peace of God, hit your knees. Ask, seek. He gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And then this last one, this is very important. You are in the Bible, you are on your knees in prayer. Listen for sacred echoes in trusted voices. Some of you have big decisions to make and you're asking the wrong people. Like you're asking terrible advisors. We use sacred echoes around here a lot. And here's all a sacred echo is. Margaret Feinberg kind of coined that term. It's like you're in your Bible in the morning and you read a passage and it stirs something in you and you're thinking about it, you're meditating on it while you drive and you go to coffee with a friend, and that friend who isn't even on your reading plan on the Bible app says, you know what I was thinking about last week, and shares with you the same text, and you're like, whoa. And then you go over to Grandma's house, and you look on her cat calendar, <laughs> and there's that verse again. You're like, whoa. That's just a sacred echo. God bringing that verse up again and again and again in front of you. Entrusted voices. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of fools seems right to them. But the wise listen to advice. In 1522, plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So many of you are trying to recognize God's voice in your life right now, discerning the voice of God. When you're discerning the voice of God, ask someone who walks closely with him. Find that person and lean in. Now, this comes from the heart of a pastor who loves you. Please hear this. Stop asking for financial advice from your broke friends. <laughs> Please. I appreciate I One of my favorite stories of this church, uh, a couple of years ago, years and years ago, a guy was on Facebook talking about a young guy, mid-20s, he didn't have money for rent. So he's on Facebook, and he told another friend on Facebook in the same struggles, hey, I don't have enough money for rent. I'm thinking about starting a GoFundMe page and seeing if I can get some people to help me with rent and utilities this week. And then this friend said, you should call Woodland Hills because they help people like us. And I, I, you're like, Ted, I hope you would have responded to that. I didn't need to because a church member was already on it. <laughs> Best one-word answer I've ever heard in my entire life. In all caps, nope. <laughs> that was it. Don't call the church. Get a job. <laughs> but stop going to the people who are giving you bad advice. I'll give you another one. Stop Asking for relationship advice from your jaded, drama-loving friends. 
That coworker who hates men probably isn't the one you should ask for husband advice. You got a guy at work who hates and cusses his wife every chance he gets. Don't ask him about your marriage. He doesn't need to help you. He's going to take you down the wrong path. How about this? For vocational career advice, stop asking your lazy, unemployed friends. You just are listening to bad voices. And maybe we've overcomplicated this whole thing. Hearing from God is so much easier when you spend time in the Bible, kneel in prayer, and surround yourself with godly men and women. You watch how easy decision-making becomes. Yeah, you're still going to struggle. You're still going to have moments where, like, God, is this you guiding and directing and speaking? I feel led in this direction. I don't have peace about it, but I am pouring out myself in here. I am pouring out myself in prayer, and I am surrounded by good, godly voices. And this is why online is not enough. This is why you need the local church. You need a community of believers that surround you and are able to call it out when they see you claiming something God is saying in your life and they know clearly from his word that is not of the Lord. And I think too much in the churches today that I visit sometimes, people have a word from the Lord for me and we don't have enough people saying that is not a word from the Lord for you. Get in your Bible, spend time in prayer, and then find some of that good, godly advice. I'm not telling you that jaded coworker or that unemployed friend shouldn't be your friend or you shouldn't spend time with them. That's not at all what I'm saying. Just don't take your your shots in life based on what they tell you to do. Seek, ask, recognize the voice of God. And this whole month, We're going to look at what does it mean to act on the word of God? What does it mean to hear God's voice, to recognize his voice and do something with it in our lives? Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, again, we pray for Dee and ask for comfort for her today as she mourns and as we mourn with her. We pray for the one who's never placed faith in Jesus, that today is the day of their salvation, that they would confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in their heart that he's been raised from the dead. And we rejoice with all of those who have stepped in the water today and have made the decision to follow you. For that, we are grateful. And we look forward to the baptisms yet to come this morning. We pray all this in the authority of the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed and said.